Welcome to the Landscaping Podcast. My name is Joel Barnett and I am your host. And in today's episode, which is the 34th Instagram Live that we've done, we've got nine questions to go through. Uh, and coming out this week, we're out at the moment, is uh, Joel Smith from One Landscape, so the landscaper from Canberra. And coincidentally, I'm heading up to Canberra uh, this week for Floriard. So Floriard starts on Saturday the 16th, if that's what day Saturday is. It goes, I think it's still October the 15th, so it goes for a month long, uh, and I've been before, so pretty excited to get up there to check that out. And if you've got any questions as they um, as they arise, chucking me down the bottom, so I've got nine questions to go through. The first one is from Earth Escapes. And he said, when starting a landscaping business, what are the hidden skills you wish that you knew? I think the, the first one that comes to mind would be to put money aside into a separate bank account. Um, so I've said it a few times, but it's for pay-as-you-go and just all the different things. The the more money you can be putting aside for payments that you know have got to come up, the better. Um, but And, yeah, you could go through some a lot of the old episodes where I've spoken about that a fair bit. Um, but another thing is dealing with uh, employees and just sort of understanding them and um, that's something I knew I was going to struggle with before I started the business because I'm not a big people person. Um, so you just got to sort of get to um, be patient with your decisions. So there's I've learned that along the way is to not say what you're thinking as soon as you're thinking it because I've um, a lot of the times I've well once I started to realise that I shouldn't just say what's on my on my mind. I've um, decided that it wouldn't didn't need to be said so you sort of basically take you know a few hours or a day to think about what you're going to say and like for example if you're going to uh, criticize someone about something they've done you usually realize that it would have been the wrong thing to do so sort of being patient with your staff would be one thing uh to be for, as a good skill to start with um and probably uh, making relationships with other people in the industry quicker, so designers and other landscapers. So I've been doing that a lot more recently through Landscape Victoria and, and various other events, but the sooner you can do that, the better. So the, the sooner you've got a big contact base, uh, the better it will be. So if you're short of work or you need a hand just for a concrete pour or something simple, you can reach out. Uh, if you haven't got any designs, you can... Uh, help someone out with one of their designs and then you can you can you can also learn other things while you're doing that so not only are you keeping yourself busy but um yeah adding to your skill base um, but yeah there are the three tips i reckon that would help but definitely the first, the, the most important one would be the separate bank accounts because that's going to help you cash flow uh, and that's a that's a key to being able to sleep well at night and just sort of be happy while you're running your business and not stressing about things uh, Schoolboy Pew said, uh, love to know tips for rain days. Well, luckily, we've only had a couple this year. Last year was a bit of a different story. We had quite a few then. But if you you can kind of like, if, if you can have um, tasks that can be done, if you've got a shed um, that, that you can do when it is rainy, if you can put them to the side and leave them for when it does rain and not do them beforehand, uh, that's a good way to do it. Sometimes, you do need to work in the rain, so you know, just chuck a rain jacket on. But we, it, it's extremely rare that we'll do that 
Uh, the, on Friday, just gone. Actually, it was a horrible day, but um, we just had to get stuff done. So the guys worked, and it was about one o'clock, and I let them finish then. So if you can let your guys, if they, if you, if you got stuff you need to get done, you can at least get some of it done, and then let you guys finish early rather than just not doing anything at all because they're gonna. Um, yeah, if you don't do anything at all, then you haven't achieved anything. Whereas if you do a little bit and then pay them when they're not there. Then just it's something's better than nothing. So just know, just uh, actually, uh, the most important part about it would be planning for it. So know that even though there's 220 days, 220 working days in a year, when that you would work out when you're working your hourly rate out, you might want to do less days than that because of rain days. So you might allow five rain days a year, depending on where you are. And if it rains for five days, then you're covered. You've allowed for it. And if it doesn't rain, then that's more profit for you. Then I'm sure we'll go to something else that you didn't allow for, but it's um, that's a good way to do it as well. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's not it's not a good thing to work in the rain. Basically, so you're gonna yeah, your tools can get damaged, your people can slip over, you make a mess of everything. Uh, if you're working on soil, you're compacting the soil more than it would if it was dry. There's, there's a lot of reasons to not work in the rain. Uh, but obviously, the main one is productivity and money is the reason to work. But um, but if you can do things like painting, or if you've got the shed you can work in, it's just sort of basic things like that. Then that's the best way to get around it. Or if you're doing some paving uh, undercover, you could leave that section and do the sections that aren't undercover. If you know that there's going to be some rain coming later in the week, so you can kind of yeah move your jobs around if you know that there is rain coming. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not a good thing, but it's inevitable when you're working outside. So planning around it is the best way to go. Uh, Smeets J said, "What do people use for their irrigation boxes?" So we just have, I reckon, it's a domestic. We use a domestic irrigation box. Well, we've got them from Reese and Nutrient Water, and I reckon Bunnings sell. They all sell the exact same one. I think. No idea what brand it is, but it's just. Uh, I reckon it's probably about. 450 mil wide by 300 and it's a black box with a uh, green lid uh, and that goes in but i've seen people um build a a sleeper box underneath that so um that's just sort of stops the soil from getting in there because the heights don't quite work out all that well with the solenoids in there um so if you can you can build a, a rectangular box out of sleepers or some other product and then have the irrigation box sitting on that and you can also screw it to the to your box um but yeah they're not too i think they might be 40 bucks uh, and i've seen other people as well put uh screenings inside their um irrigation box so that because you do get a little bit of uh, water every now and then that might drip out while it's in use so at least that doesn't turn to mud uh, and it makes it off, they look pretty neat too. The ones I've seen, uh, I reckon it could be sandstone landscaping who did it. And it was, um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's not, no one's you almost never see it because the clients don't usually open up the irrigation box, but it's just one of those one percenters that makes a big difference. If that whatever they do have to go in there, you're not seeing a, a tangled mess of wires and mud and spiders and all sorts of stuff in there. Ivory Gardens said. What's your average amount of locked-in work 
lead time as well as the biggest and smallest amount. So we usually average around, I reckon, nine months, probably nine plus months. Um, it'd be stretching past that now, I guess, but because um, we've got, I think, we've got a million dollars of work booked in, and that's usually what I turn over in a year. So that's a ballpark figure on on how long it will take to do that. Uh, but we've had a lot of jobs that have been delayed this year into next year when we already had work booked in there. So I'm not sure how that's all going to go when they're all wanting to get done at once. But we've had jobs. Uh, the one we started last week, which I only quoted the week before. Um, so because these jobs are pushed back, we've had time that we're able to squeeze some in. And we've got another one starting in a week or two. It's the same deal. I only quoted it in the last week or so. But because it's only small, we're able to squeeze that in. Um, and the the job ranges we've got lined up, the smallest, I reckon, is 16,000. And the largest is over 500. So that's going to take a while to do that one. But, yeah, that's starting, I think, towards the end of this year. Um, but, yeah, that's – yeah, the average is usually around 9 to 12 months, so – because um, I don't like going any further than 12 months. Um, and then, yeah, there's some jobs that come along that they're happy to wait, uh, especially if they've got a landscape architect and there's a house build going on at the same time. They're usually the ones that are patient. Um, I've got a fair few designs on the moment as well. We've got about three or four designs on at the moment. So, yeah, pretty busy right at the start of spring. Uh, we did have I did see a comment from Ashley James too mentioning the the Patriot the New England Patriots. So no surprises that he goes for that team. Evergrow Landscape said, did you spray anything on the formwork to make deboxing the letterbox easier? Uh we did just put uh diesel on there. So we put diesel on there to help the concrete uh strip off from the formwork. We have used a product in the past called form release. I think that is diesel in a bottle with a label called form release on there. So when I used that, I thought this seems extremely similar to diesel and then found out that people just use diesel anyway. So, And I've used that and haven't had an issue with it. I've used it on white concrete as well. Haven't had an issue with that, the coloration, discoloration or anything. So, um, yeah, that's just what we're using. We'll use going forward. Green Effects Landscaping said, what are some components of your contracts you recommend everyone have in their own? So unfortunately, you have to use, because you've got to use a um, pretty watertight contract that meets the, in Victoria at the very least, meets the Domestic Building Contracts Act of 1995. We use the uh, Master Builders one. So it's the same one. If you were doing a $450,000 renovation of your house, It'd be the same one that you would use for that that we use, which is a bit annoying because I uh, couldn't put a figure on it, but at a guess, I would say 70% of it is irrelevant to what we're doing, at least. So there's a lot of stuff in there that the client reads through that just makes no sense and completely irrelevant. But I did try to use the Landscape Victoria contracts online, but they, um, I don't know if it's been fixed yet, but there was it. When you go into the contract, you have to the client has to accept everything in the contract before they've had a chance to read it. So like it, it says tick here if you accept what's on page 13, but you can't get through to page 13 to read it until you click that you accept it. Now you can um change yeah, you, you can go back, like you're not you can go back and uncheck it, 
uncheck it or you know, you're not committing to it. But it, I didn't like having to like sending it out to the client to make them do that. So uh, once I fix that, I'll be using the landscape and Victoria ones. But so there's nothing. I don't have unique ones to myself because you would have to have a lawyer write it up for you if you're going to have your own unique one. So they've just got all the right bits and pieces in there. Otherwise, it could be null and void if it's not. Um, but but what I put in my quotes, the most important part is a rock core. So I think it says something like, um, in the case of unforeseen rock, concrete, asbestos, and there might be something else, might be tree roots or stumps. Um, the removal of this will be uh, the cost for the removal will be passed on to the client. I've only had to use that twice. Once was when we found asbestos, and the other one was when we found a concrete driveway underneath the concrete driveway that we removed. Um, but another thing, I don't, I don't put it in mind, but I probably should, and I will do going forward. But you might want to put in a a social media clause or a photography clause, saying that. Um, that you can use photos of their of their landscaping within their property, and it might include their house in the background, um, just in case someone ever freaks out in the future that you've used one of their photos. Like it could go, you might do a a um, post on your Instagram, and it could go viral. And yeah, some, some reason someone might not like it after it goes viral for whatever reason. So you're better off just having that in there, just in case. Um, so, and then they can also read it because they might not have thought of that, that you would be doing that. And so then they can read that and, and that can give them the option whether they want to have that or not included. The plan the space said, what's some of your favourite timber for things like pergolas if you're going to let it go grey or silver? No, we just did one with uh, spotted gum with an arbour and it looked amazing. Like the posts were, and it was a L-shaped arbour I can't leave it, and they were 200 by 200 spotted gum. Got that from the timber zoo, and, yeah, they were just beautiful pieces of timber. We didn't do anything to the timber, didn't sand it back or anything because they were already looking amazing as they were, and then we had wires in between them. Uh, we had some pretty cool metal brackets made up, like a L-shaped bracket to hold them together, uh, and got some custom nuts and bolts for that as well. So they looked pretty cool. So if I was going to do one, I reckon spotted gum would be the way to go. It doesn't, I don't know if it goes silver, but like it stays like a, a weathered brown look. So yeah, there's different varieties you can get. Um, but yeah, I would, that'd be, that'd be up there. Then it's not cheap, obviously, but yeah, you get what you pay for. You can go with Cypress, but it doesn't, doesn't look as good. It's not as strong either. Um, but yeah, spotted gum would definitely be one of my favorites. Uh, Christopher Zuba said, any previous guests who successfully combined maintenance and construction? Uh, the first two come, that come to mind were Ian Barker Gardens and Ocean Road Landscapes. So they, um, yeah, they have design and construction. Like there's there's heaps of people who have. So, um, yeah, there's plenty of opportunities for it to happen. But I think the uh, common thread in all of them is that You've got dedicated maintenance people and dedicated construction people, and whatever the people are doing, that's that's their jam, and that's what they do. So you don't want to have people doing construction and then do maintenance. Um, but yeah, just it's they're different different roles. So you're not going to have someone who does like a, a landscaping apprentice and then start doing designs because yeah, 
again, it's completely different. So um, there's plenty of people who, like, like plenty of landscape and construction companies who have tried maintenance and failed. And I'd say 99% of the time is because they didn't have a dedicated maintenance team and people who were garden maintenance people doing their maintenance. Uh, it's just not like a lot of people will look at it and think, oh, yeah, just get a hedge trimmer and trim some hedges and pull some weeds out and mow lawns. But um, yeah, if you don't know what you're doing and if you don't enjoy what you're doing, then you won't be successful at it. So you've got to have the right person doing the right job. And the last question is from New View Landscapes. So what grout do you use for recycled brick paving, like traditional grout product or something specific? Uh, so it depends on how we're laying it. If I've laid it uh, on a flexible base, so crushed rock and sand, then we'll use a um, a pave lock sand, which has got a bit of a silica in it, which helps it set. Um, so you could still dig it out if you needed to, but it's sort of semi-firm uh, on the top and also goes down between the bricks and helps them set and not move um, once you vibrate it. Uh, but if I was laying on a, a rigid base, so on a concrete base on mortar, then it depends on the size and the gaps, but uh, it can chew up a lot of grout. So I'd probably mix up my own grout, so using a, um, a whitewash sand and, and cement. So you'd want to measure out like a certain amount of buckets and cement, like a one to three or four mix so that your colours are exactly the same. Um, so I'd probably go one to three, I reckon. So I'd go three buckets of sand and one bag of cement, which is a, a bucket as well. Because um, you could, we, like, a lot of the paving we use will use um, uh, Davco Slate and Quarry Gout or the Marpe, um, yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but Marpe FF Colour Grout, because they're designed for larger gaps. But it's expensive to buy a bag. So the bricks, not only are the gaps possibly wider, but they're also deep. So you'd be using up a lot of that. So, um, and then if you're using like the, some of the grey colours, that's what your grout's going to look like anyway if you're using the whitewashed sand. So it's better off, bit more economical just to use the um, the homemade mix. Um, but, yeah, that was the last question. So thank you very much for everyone who submitted a question during the week. Uh, and, yeah, at this week is Joel Smith from One Landscape in Canberra. And as I said, I'll be up in Canberra uh, on this weekend coming for Floriard. So if you haven't been to Floriard, looks like some good weather this weekend. And I think in the uh, I think the, the night sessions might be the 1st of October. So that's probably, if I had have been able to plan it better, I probably would have gone up there because they look pretty cool as well. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to heading up to there. Um, and I'll be posting a bit about it while I'm there too. So thanks again to everyone, and we'll see you next week.